from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Trey Scott, joined by college basketball's all-time career assist king, Jerry Meyer. We're sitting here in the Nashville offices on a Wednesday morning. We just watched college basketball last night, Jerry, and it's back. And we're here to talk about Kentucky and Duke and Michigan State and Kansas and Tyrese Maxey and all that good stuff. Um, Before we get going, though, we'd love for you guys to go leave us a five-star rating a Tyrese Maxey-esque rating on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, last year it was a Zion-esque rating, and now we've got a Tyrese Maxey-esque rating on Apple Podcasts. Maybe a review. Um, If you're listening to this on the media player on the 24-7 Sports Embed, just hover over subscribe and find your icon there, and you can listen to us uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. So, Jerry, let's start with just the, the general fact that nothing last night as far as Kentucky 69, Michigan State 62, or... Duke 68, Kansas 66. Nothing about any of these games was pretty. And that's okay because, look, college basketball, it's sort of a mess sometimes. And for all of these teams, really, especially except for Michigan State, it's taking a lot of new players and it's throwing them them together. And And eventually in April we'll get beautiful basketball. We'll get Virginia versus Texas Tech. But for now, we're sort of just, you know, grinning and bearing through what hasn't been pretty. I want to start with with asking you, though. All of these coaches last night, especially John Calipari, sort of acted like they had no idea what they were going to get from their team. Even in the, the pregame interview with Holly Rowe, John Calipari was like, well, I don't know. And I get it. Like, it's a lot of freshmen. It's a lot of, a lot of unknowns. Jerry, do you sort of buy having played college basketball before we, sort, before we talk about any of these players, any of these results? Is it true that in November you don't know what your team's going to look like? Uh, <clears throat> there's some truth to it. Uh, they're hedging bets. They they don't want to promise, you know, more than they can deliver. So you're never going to hear a coach say, oh, we've looked great in practice. You know, you might get this guy look good or this aspect of our game has looked good, but you're always going to get that type of talk, coach talk. Um, I do think they expect something defensively. And typically this time of year, and we really saw it last night, defense way ahead of the offense and and that is to be understood offensively I agree besides Maxi and you know some guys making plays here and there team offense was not pretty I thought Kentucky's defense looked outstanding so as a former coach and lifetime basketball guy I, I get a little joy out of great defense and then I thought Duke their game plan against the high low offense of Kansas was perfect and they executed it perfectly. You know, the big-on-big big double team, and then the other three guys zoning up and then recovering. Big guys did a great job in recovery after the pass was made out of the double team. So it's a deal where they know offense is going to be rusty. And the fact that you have freshmen. I mean, freshmen are not freshmen like they used to be. You know, because these guys are playing Nike, EYBL. They're playing on television. A lot of the top guys are playing for powerhouse high schools. And their stuff is out there with social media and just the media coverage now. So you don't see the stage fright that you might have seen in past times. 
but um, these guys are pretty good. It's just, it's just that the, everything's rusty offensively. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, Maxi looked pretty confident. Uh, yeah, he scored. Yeah, he wasn't scared. Twenty six yeah. points off the bench. That's the most. I believe I'm checking my notes. That is the most by a Wildcat freshman in school history in, in their debut. Wow. So Kentucky, you talked about their defense. They've got the size down low. And when they're rolling out that three-guard perimeter lineup with all those guys, Quickly and Hagens, who combined for three steals, didn't really do much too much offensively, but you add Maxi to the mix, you've got length, you've got speed, you've got the ability to turn the ball over and get going. Like that th- – Oh, that- they have unbelievable quickness. Kentucky does. <clears throat> and um, Whitney, he can guard. Uh, Keon Brooks didn't look bad. He probably – was it the lesser at the lesser good game of the young guys? But their Kentucky's team defense could be straight out phenomenal, scary. We could be comparing it to UNLV back when they had Augman. I mean, I think it's, it's it could be that formidable. Who settles into their 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 starting point guard role? I oh, heard. I, you, I, I think Hagens. You think Hagens? Yeah, I mean, because I like quickly a little more off the ball. I think Hagens is more dynamic with the ba- basketball, quicker. And I think a better passer. I think more of a point guard. I th- but I think it's going to be like John Wall, Eric Bledsoe. You know, I mean, they're all going to handle the ball some. Because Maxi seemed pretty comfortable with the ball in his oh, hands. Oh, they're the all point guards. I mean, they're all point guards. This is modern basketball. I mean, Whitney's a great player, but he can't dribble. He's at the same level they can. He can dribble, <laughs> but he's not. He doesn't have that point guard quickness, playmaking ability and that's what the game is about right now and that's why you see teams man it, it was a big deal if you had two point guards out on the court now it's three <laughs> we're gonna see teams LSU with four last out year. we're gonna see teams with four out there you know guys you know LSU like way last year yeah Skylar Mays he played point guard when I scouted him in travel ball so that's just the direction the game's going um just to go on this roller Kansas is gonna have to figure out what they're doing is that that high low three, you know, three perimeter guys and then two in and then the guy, you know, the big guys flashing as, as the high a boogie post. only only attempted four shots. I just think it's tough to run today. That the quickness of the defenses, no one's really fronting the post that much, or trying to deny the post. So the, the high low offense was all about getting angles to lead to sort of an easy basket. You know, the, you catch it, you seal the guy, one pivot, and you're scoring it. Now teams, for the most part. Um, just playing behind a guy, playing him straight up. So you can't get angles, and it's tough enough to score on a big body one-on-one. We saw that throughout the night. You know, it was not easy for the post players to score. You know, it was struggle, struggle, struggle. Every once in a while you saw a bucket. But then you bring the double team, the quickness, and, you know, and the fact is most big guys aren't good passers. I mean, the ones that are really stand out, right? And then those are the guys like Jokic and others that, you know, we rave about. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Kansas does. And then I think, you know, don't, you don't want to overreact because Duke did a great job executing that defense. And, of course, they got Coach K as their coach. You're not going to quite see that every night. But I do think – I think Kansas has some questions. How do we make it work with the type of lineup we have? Yeah, Kansas had 28 turnovers, the most by the most the Jayhawks have committed since 1988. Ken Palm says 35% of their possessions ended in a turnover. Duke for that its part. That is amazing. One third. Well, it's 28. Yeah, <laughs> do the math. <laughs> and we ought to be able to do that in our head. We shouldn't need Palm to do that for us. <laughs> um, 
do you like as far as overreactions go? Mm-hmm. Is Michigan State the biggest concern here? Something just looked kind of off. I know they won't have Langford till at least I, I January. Never if they got ever get the him hype back. going into the really season, okay. Personally, it, um, it was I, only Cassius Winston as far as their only hope, and he wasn't good. He was one for seven from downtown. Aaron Henry didn't do much. Big man Xavier Tillman only had seven points. These weren't very good. Right. Well, uh, the, Michigan State is overly dependent on Cassius Winston because he's that good and they don't really have the star power or playmakers. You know, everything's feeding off Winston. And you run into a juggernaut like Kentucky as far as that many quality one-on-one defenders. I mean, he'll never see defense like that the rest of the year unless they play Kentucky again. But you got Maxie guarding you, then Hagens is guarding you. I mean, those two, two of the best defenders at the point guard position probably in the country right now. But, yeah, I, I never I, – I, did, I, didn't, I never got why Michigan State was number one, to be honest. I mean, they're Michigan State. Izzo's one of the best coaches. You know they're going to be tough. You know, Xavier Tillman's good. Cash is great. Yeah. But – They need Langford back. Oh, he would help. Because Winston was getting, like, just hounded. You know they need sure. they need someone. Langford would hit, Langford's ball handling would be the main thing that would help him. I mean he's a good overall player and tough, <clears throat> but yeah, you just felt like Winston was out on an island, yeah. you know, facing torrential rains <laughs> and heavy winds. I'm gonna go back to Maxi real quick while we're on that game. It's funny that you brought up the John Wall Eric Bledsoe th- deal with Kentucky playing multiple guards. I just went to Tyrese Maxi's player page. He was the number ten player in the 24/7 Sports Composite. Um, from Garland, Texas, just another another Texan that Kentucky is going out and swiping. I say swiping, you know, they to bring up De'Aaron Fox, um, uh, Julius Randle, yeah, another. Jerry. You actually compared Tyrese Maxey to Eric Bledsoe. I'm looking at this guy report right now. Look at you. <laughs> I kind of like that. So let's. I, I, I'll stick with that one. Let's read it out. Just like let's read out like a sentence or two. A, an athletic and dynamic combo guard plays with strength. One of the top perimeter players, three levels score with great explosiveness off the dribble, and like and get this one, his pull up jumper is his most dangerous weapon, and that twenty five foot and and longer, you know, three pointer he hit in the waning minutes to give Kentucky a two possession lead over Michigan State was I thought awesome, and you know the ESPN telecast. Was uh, Dickie V lost his marbles, and it was it was great. It was like one of the <laughs> Dickie uh, was losing it before he ever got off the bench. <laughs> Do you notice that they had told Dickie, "Okay, all right, th- this is the guy. Remember his name." <laughs> yeah, Tyrese Maxey. Remember his name. <laughs> and they were right on that. And uh, yeah, so Vital was all over that one from the get go. It's not He'd this prepped well. This time last year, we were talking about you know Kentucky was on the the other end of of Duke, blowing them out in the Champions That's Classic, right, right. and it was Last a Zion year. show. Mm-hmm. And look, like Tyrese Maxey is not going to come close to the level of Zion mania. But it was kind of fun, a second year in a row, to see a true freshman just absolutely steal the, steal the stage. Sure. He's fun to watch. We all saw his offense. I, I thought he was unbelievable on defense. Uh, I would recommend for the fans, <clears throat> next time you watch him, watch how quickly – and under control, he closes out on the ball. He gives so much help to other players. Defense, he's just on the edge. Processing information, competitive, and has that quickness to go with it. He's a physical specimen out there. That's kind of why I like the Eric Bledsoe comparison. It's kind of a do-everything guard who has that junkyard dog in him. I mean, 
He's ready to go, ready to compete physically, mentally, the whole bit. Today's podcast will be a quick one, so we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, and it's going to be a super quick break, when we come back, we're going to talk about Duke. Duke still might not be a good shooting team, but they did play good defense last night. And we're going to run down some other notable results from Tuesday night, including James Wiseman's uh, rather impressive debut. All right, we are back to 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. Jerry, last year, Duke was sort of our uh, podcast moneymaker. I, I think, you know, we went, we could not go one show without talking about Zion and R.J. Baird and Cam Reddish's demeanor. And we don't have that sort of team this year. They're not going to be as, you know, as interesting because who will ever be as interesting as that team was. But I think there are pros and cons to take from their win over Kansas. I'm going to start with a con. They shot 33% from the floor. Matthew Hurt was 4 for 12. Trey Jones was 0 for 4 from 3, 5 for 14 from the floor. Are these correctable issues, or is this who Duke is going to be? Duke's not an out-of-sight shooting team. I mean, we watched Jones play last year. He's going to have better than 5 for 14 games. I, I do think shooting will be an issue for him at times. I, I don't think they're like an awful shooting team. I thought it was encouraging to see Vernon Carey make his two threes, and then Matthew Hurt obviously looked dangerous from there. From outside, um, oh, I missed Jack White's three. Yeah. I just saw it good for he him. He had a good game. He played good he defense, could, too. Oh, my gosh, if he could shoot the ball, think how good he'd be. I love his defense, his rebounding, his instincts. I mean, they kept him on the court down the stretch because yes. of what he was giving them in every area but shooting. Had a big steal. Uh, he makes plays. You know, Alex O'Connell, I just have a feeling, is a little overrated as a shooter. Yeah, he, he uh, hit one, I, one of his six threes. But what was night. encouraging, though, <clears throat> I thought he looked better physically. He looked like he had a little more athletic pop than he had last year, you know, just getting stronger. I liked what he brought just in his all-around game. Now, if he could really be a, a shooter for him, that would be big. They can invert the offense because Duke's bigs can shoot the ball outside. Like, I think that will continue. You know, when I scouted them, they were dangerous outside shooters, especially Hurt. But even even Carey, Carey just was so dominant down low. <clears throat> he stayed down there. You know, the, my takeaway on Duke, I was really, really impressed with Stanley. Uh-huh. Cash to Stanley. I – I, I I did not expect that. I thought he looked tremendous. I thought he was very good defensively. I think he gives him kind of that that athletic swing guy. It's a higher vertical than Zion. Yeah, yeah, he's a crazy athlete, and he's not really the ball handler that R.J. Barrett was. He doesn't have the physical presence that Zion had, but yet he gives you that just multi-faceted game. And I thought he looked really good defensively. And then you look at his offensive numbers. Um, he, he had a good game, four turnovers, but I thought he was a very, very much a bright spot, uh, a bright spot for the team. I like Wendell Moore Jr. He did not have a good game, but I, you know, I think he looked like a freshman that, you know, we can use all those cliches for him. I, I expect him to be a good player for Duke. I, th- I think Duke can be very good. Shooting's going to be spotty. They just don't have those guys that like, oh, he can shoot it. But no, Kentucky doesn't, you know. Did, does Michigan State, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not like every college team has. Sometimes we can we uh, confuse and put together the NBA and college, and we got to remember, you know, these college teams don't have like three, four NBA caliber knockdown shooters on them. 
And that would, that's the ideal. That's what you want, especially in this day and age of spread it out for perimeter guys. But um, these college teams, you know, they're going to shoot percentages in the 30s, high 30s, hopefully, typically. I think Matthew Hurt was uh, – he came out firing his first three. He wasn't scared, was he? off the backboard. But he had some <laughs> nice moments. He had a one-legged sort of turnaround. At, that was a great shot. Yeah, and then he, he drained a three. And I, he, he could be this year's most important Duke player, if only because of his you know, stretch-the-floor ability. You'd like to see him contribute a little bit more down low as far as rebounds or anything like that. Well, he only that's, had two. that's the knock on him. Okay. What we saw last night is that's what's great about Matthew Hurt. You know, like why was like why wasn't Matthew Hurt ranked top four or five in the country? Well, we're starting to point out some of the reasons. Not the most physical guy. Um, you would want more rebounding. Only two rebounds. Uh, defensively, he can be a, a question mark. But offensively, what he has is that ability to stretch it and stretch it really deep. And he's going to have mismatches. But then put it, putting the ball on the floor some. Making a funky shot, you know, make a move. Like, he can go get himself a shot. Uh, where Carey is not that type of big guy. Carey's bang down low, and then he's, he's like a stretch five. Bang down low, and then I step out and make a three. But Hurts got game. I, he could very likely be their leading scorer on the year. You know, we'll see. Yeah, and, and then Carey, as we finish up, Duke is their highest-rated recruit. And, yeah, he hit both of his threes. And he's got the size to sort of remind you of a Jalil Okafor, but it's like you know you, you know the 2019 version of Jalil Okafor where you can you can shoot. So I thought there were you know positive signs. I think if all of these teams hit their ceiling, like Duke might be number four accurately of all of these teams, and yet on a night when they weren't playing well and neither was Kansas, like Duke found a way to win, and, and you know you would expect more from Trey Jones going forward. So. I don't know. It was. Uh, it's hard not to overreact too much, but it's a long season. I'm going to read out some some other notable results. Did you know that the ACC began uh, play last night uh, in yeah. a conference play? And I get the. I, I like the idea. You're trying to get more exposure for the ACC network and whatever. The only problem is it comes on a night in which we have the Champions Classic, and no one's paying attention to Louisville 87, Miami 74, in which you know Jordan Norris scoring 23 points, uh, you know grabbing 12 boards and two assists. Yeah, so you know we'll wrap up. I'm gonna just read through some notable results. I'm going to start though with some uh, with some James Wiseman info for you. So Memphis beat South Carolina State, and it wasn't close. And James Wiseman, who was the number one player in the 24/7 Sports Composite, had 28 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks. So that 28 points is the most in a Memphis player debut. But get this, he's the first Division One freshman to have 25, 10, and three blocks in his first career game since Michael Beasley in 2007. Yeah, he can play. <clears throat> you know, he, I think he gets those blocks all year. If not more, he's going to get the rebounds. The question will be what, where will his scoring average kind of level out? Um, and that's going to be interesting to watch because um, Wiseman was never really known as like a go-to scorer um, on the circuit. Uh, a finisher and a very good finisher, dump it down to him. And he has some game, but that is what will be interesting. When he pl- like when they play Oregon, yeah. you know, Somewhere when the tougher competition comes in, uh, instead of you know, because Wiseman's always going to get buckets running the court, and then following stuff up, and then he's got some game. It's not, you know, it's not like he's inept. 
with the basketball. It just will be interesting to see against the top competition. Can they can they rely on Wiseman as a go-to scorer? We need a tough bite. And I've never really viewed him as that player, but it's going to be fun to watch. I'm not I'm not betting against that or for that yet. It's just a it's a real question mark to me. But no doubt a great talent. And even if he's not that go-to scorer, I mean, he's going to be a lotto pick. And he's a very, very valuable player, obviously, to have on the court. Number two in the 24-7 sports composite was Anthony Edwards. He had 24-9-3 in his Georgia assists and 4-7 of seven from three. He can play. Yeah, he can play. Who did, who did Georgia play? Georgia played. Jerry, you're putting me on the spot. Oh, I thought you had a pull. Don't well, I had every I other know. opponent. <laughs> Let's no, no, let's look. I, I just this was wondering is how big the spread is because a lot of t- it was that's they beat to Western Carolina By ninety-one 19. to seventy-two. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's this is how we podcast in twenty nineteen. I imagine back in the day people did it without internet. They had to write notes and yeah, <laughs> look at the morning newspaper. Um, Texas Tech, defending runner-up, is a team that you know they're a basketball school now, and I think sometimes we forget that. Eighty-five Eastern Illinois sixty. Freshman uh, Jamius Ramsey had 19-5-3. A lot of people think he's going to be the leading scorer for the Red yeah, Raiders. I'm, I'm big on him. Very physical player. Versus, perfect for what Texas Tech does. <laughs> Strong, athletic, 6-4, can play multiple positions, guard him. And Texas Tech's killing it in recruiting. Yeah. Like, he's calling them a basketball school. I mean, you know, they got Michael Peavy just recently who fits perfectly in their system and is a top 50 player in the country. You know, it's not the Bobby Knight era where they're winning with guys ranked 300 in the country. You know, they're scheming it, and they got maybe one guy. You know, they're they're getting like top 50 players on the regular now. Yeah, Chris Beard's doing a good job. And then my final notable number 20, St. Mary's beat Wisconsin in overtime, 65-63. That's a big win for St. Mary's. Big for their conference. Yeah, because you know they always hope maybe we can get two in there. You know, it's always a, a struggle, right? And they barely got in last year. Uh, so that's very good for the West Coast Conference to get that win. Tonight we'll have the debut of, of Cole Anthony, who Looking Jerry, uh, yeah, against Notre Dame. Jerry says Cole Anthony is the best point guard prospect he's ever scouted. So you guys should make sure you're watching that uh, if you're listening to this before that game. Ohio State will play Cincinnati. Purdue will play Green Bay. Arizona, the debut of Nico Mannion is also tonight if you have the Pac-12 Network. And then defending national champion Virginia plays Syracuse. I, again, I don't understand. I, I mean, I get the ACC starting conference play this early, but at the same time, it's kind of weird. Like, your team is not who you are, and yet you have the chance to start in an 0-1 hole. They're, they're thinking outside the box. <laughs> this is this is really very strange to me. But, you know, what's, I'm, I'm all about outside the box, and we'll see if it works for them. Uh, that'll do it for the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. We are very glad college basketball is back. We are glad to start, you know, getting the games uh, – going again and get some better impressions of these teams. But for now, I think it's safe to say Kentucky and Tyrese Maxey is the big winner, while the ACC's exposure might be the big loser here. But we will tune in tonight and see what happens, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah.